Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. Returning guest, Dwayne Wimmer from Vertex Fitness out of Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, joins us again. The last time uh, Dwayne was on the show, we discussed a little more towards the the business side of personal training and fitness. And we kind of discussed, uh, and we, well, we were all over the place. We discussed uh, what it takes to become a personal trainer, the mental side, as long as you uh, in terms of education, why education and professionalism is important, where you find your education, um, all sorts of different things. So definitely check that one out. And if you haven't, just just search for, uh, Dwayne Wimmer in uh, in the the podcast notes, and you can find that. Uh, but today we'll kind of jump into some things that uh, I think a lot more people will be. I'm excited about kind of the general population side of things, how to set up your own program, um, how to find motivation to push really hard to get the most out of your, your workouts. And um, so I'm, I'm excited to get this started. Dwayne, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks for having me. So what's, uh, what's new your way? It's been, a, it's been a couple of months since the last recording. How's everything going over there? Oh, things are great. Things are great. You know, the, the spring is here uh, and... Um, at least it feels like spring, right. and uh, <laughs> and um, you know we're we're getting things going. You know, getting people ready for the summer. Right. Awesome. So let's talk about this idea of of setting up your own program. Um, what that looks like. I think for at least from my side of things, when someone comes to a personal trainer, the last thing on their mind is exercise selection. It's just kind of a point. You tell me what to do. I'll do it how much weight, I don't care, you hand me the dumbbells, you hand me the, give me the machine, and I'll do what you tell me. Um, but then occasionally you have somebody say, hey, I'm going on vacation, you know, how do I set up my own program? And uh, shy of us saying, here's exactly what you do, here you go. So I kind of thought it'd be, it'd be fun for us to talk about how, how you describe someone, how you help someone set up a program, and maybe we can kind of riff on that for a little bit. So someone comes to you and says, Hey Dwayne, I need help setting my own program. What's that look like? Well, it really depends. You know, if they're going on vacation, like you said, um, and they're going to be gone for quite some time, I'll show them, you know, so, uh, a real simple dumbbell routine or body weight exercises that they can do on their own that mimic very similar uh, movements to what we do on most of our, in most of our exercise um, workouts, uh, that we do on a regular basis. So I try to keep it as simple as possible so they can, so they don't have to think too much, you know, so, so some simple push and pull and, and some, uh, squats. And, uh, you know, if they do that a couple, three times a week on vacation, that's a lot more than the average person will do. Yeah, that's very true. And that's, that's a whole different, I mean, if, if you can tell somebody to do that twice a week and keep it short and sweet for them, then they're more likely to adhere. So what about someone who is just getting into strength training? 
what does that look like setting up their own program? What kind of suggestions would you have for that person? Um, and, they, and let's just say, let's just say they have all the equipment you could possibly ask for. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's really not much different. Um, you know, keep it simple because the thing that we, we need to teach people when they first start a program is that it's not about how much you do. It's about the quality of what you're doing. So try to get them to understand, um, the intensity in which they're going to get the best return on their investment of time. So teaching them how to work hard is probably the first thing that I try to do. And, and, to teach them to work hard on complicated movements is really, really challenging. So, I, again, back to what I said, if someone's going on vacation, I would keep it to simple push and pull exercises because they're easier to conceptualize mm-hmm. um, and slowly work up to an intensity that, you know, that is beyond what they would typically do on their own so they can see that it's okay. Uh, I think most people have never done anything like this. So they don't know it's okay to work hard. Right. You know, their, their brain is shutting them down long before their physical ability. So, you know, keep it simple. Um, teach the movements. And as you're teaching the movements over time, we're teaching intensity and then down the road, then you can get into more complicated exercises, you know, which, um, are simply just you know, the isolation exercises are just harder to learn than, uh, the compound exercises of pushing and pulling. So for example, if someone were to come to you and say, I want to get a full body routine, um, written down, what muscle groups would they start with first and what kind of uh, system or flow would you have them go into? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, typically this is exactly what I do with people when they come in. And honestly, it's not much different whether you're an adolescent to a senior to a a world-class athlete. Um, We're going to start you off with, um, you know, the root, the exercise program I typically put people on is we start you with an abdominal exercise. Then we do a hip add and abduction, leg extension, leg curl. Um, over time we'll throw in the leg press and then, uh, for the upper body, we do the row, the chest press, a pull down and overhead press. So I don't throw the leg press at people right away, mainly because it's a very daunting exercise. Um, you know, especially for those who've never done it before. And for those who have done it before, we have the Avenger, the, the MedX Avenger leg press, which if you've ever used that thing, it's, it's probably the most challenging leg press out there. Um, so for, for people, they just get on that their first time in here. We, we, we typically don't do that. Um, just because we want them to feel comfortable with their, with what they're doing before we start working really hard. So those exercises for the most part are fairly simple to learn. Um, so, you know, and then we'll throw in, uh, over time, like I said, we'll throw in the leg press after a few sessions. We'll also, uh, do a hip flexion exercise. I think the hip flexion exercise is one that's grossly, um, um, uh, what am I looking for? Uh, lacking uh, un, un, in, yeah, in yeah. most, in most, uh, uh-huh. routines. Cause you know, we'll do a lot of extension, even some add and abduction, but I, most people 
don't do flexion, but um, we throw that in there, and then we'll do the the medex ro- the torso rotation. So that's the that's what we teach people when they first come in. So um, they get a really good total body workout. They um, the the exercises are fairly simple to learn, and then over time we teach them how to work hard at them so that they can actually get more out of the time they're spending. Yeah, and spend less and spend less time. And that's exactly, yeah. Being, being efficient is, I mm-hmm. think is what most people would like to have. I think when they first think about setting up their own program, they have to think, okay, I have an hour and a half in the gym. So what do I do? When in fact you, you can, um, you can go well under that, you can, you know, 30 minutes, you can get an excellent workout depending on your conditioning level. When people come to me and they start talking to me about setting up their own program, if they haven't worked with me before, if they haven't, um, gone through kind of a, a program that, that I had, if they haven't gone through a workout with me at all, they haven't seen kind of how I teach exercises. I would just, I would tell the person to get large muscle groups out of the way first, and then slowly work towards the large and small muscle groups of the upper body. So large muscle groups first for, for, for my value would be a lower body. And if your person's a novice person, I like to start with a lot of body weight motions. So let's just say the person is free of injury. So his body weight motions are going to look like um, a squat. And then if I can load them up with like a, a dumbbell or something like a goblet squat, I'll definitely do that. If they're a little more advanced, kind of like what you were talking about, then I'd definitely put them on a leg press, um, you know, make that a little bit more challenging, maybe even do like a unilateral leg press. Um, and then I'd break down into, I'd go into a single joint movement, leg extension or a hamstring curl, and then try to go back to another multi-joint uh, exercise like a, a lunge, body weight or um, dumbbell, or maybe even a, a step up. And this is granted if you're if you're injury free, that's that's a killer lower body set right there uh, with just one set. If you can reduce all of your your rest in between. Um, for the hips, I I seem to, and I know you know you started out with the hips. I seem I add the hips at the very end. Um, and this is just my own thinking. I just I don't want to fatigue the hips too quickly before I put somebody on like a leg press. So what what are the benefits to starting out somebody with uh, the hips first? Well, I think um, the biggest benefit is if you if you fatigue the quads and the hamstrings before you get to the leg press, you're not going to get much work out of the hips because the ah, hips yeah. are you know the the quads are going to fry first you know, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't. I, I do multiple different routines with this. So sure. sometimes I will pre-exhaust the quads just because I, the leg press to me at that point is a quad exercise. You know, there are times I have uh, the Nautilus 2ST hip extension. I'll do the hip extension before I go on to the leg press simply just to get the, um, the, the glutes and the hamstrings more involved in, in the leg press than the quads, you know, and I don't know that any order is right or wrong as long as you know why you're doing it. You know, if you're doing it for the hips, you want to do, you may want to pre-exhaust the hips. If you're doing the leg press for the quads, pre-exhaust them with a, with a leg extension, you can actually get a, a really good hamstring workout in a, in a compound leg exercise. If you pre-exhaust the hamstrings with a, you know, a leg curl. So, you know, it, it really just depends on what your, what your end goal is. 
Yep, exactly. And and for for time efficiency, like that pre-exhaust motion that you were talking about, so going from like a single leg to a multi-joint movement, that's especially if you are in a, a crunch for time or just want to make the most out of the workout. Uh, again, like you said, and it was that was an excellent answer <laughs> to what I was looking for, was you just said like, what's your end goal? Because there isn't a one right way and it's not going to work for every every single person, every workout, one workout's not going to work for everybody. Um, but as, as far as the upper body, uh, so if I broke down somebody and said, hey, here's what I want you to do to make the most out of your time. Again, like you said, this isn't like a, a one size fits all because you can split these up. But I would then go into a maybe an upright uh, chest press machine to some kind of mid row, either if I can get my hands on some kind of uh, chest supported mid row, I'd love to do that. Otherwise, a dumbbell row is just fine. Um, and then I would go into an incline chest press and then some kind of pull down, more than likely like a reverse grip pull down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd probably have them finish up with like a, a dumbbell lateral raise and a shoulder press. So on a machine or, or a seated dumbbell or a standing dumbbell. Um, I do want to circle back to the the lower body because I, I didn't finish. I do like people, I do like having people do um, single leg calf raises and some some kind of dorsiflexion um, if if they're if they're up for it, especially like if they're a runner or something like that, where they really, you know, really, really need some extra help in those ranges of motion. Um, but anyway, and then I'll, then I'd probably end with, um, some kind of a low back at the very end of the, the workout with some kind of rotation of the core and some kind of flexion extension of the trunk. Um, and then, you know, if, if they have time, if they're really up for it, biceps and triceps, you know, if somebody really wants to do a bicep and tricep exercise at the very end, cause you know, you have, more than likely guys saying, Hey, how come there's no biceps and triceps? Fine. Finish out. But if you're pushing hard enough, um, you might not need that, especially if you want to make the most out of your time. Oh, most definitely. Like I said, I start people off with those four compound, uh, upper body exercises. And honestly, if you really work hard on those four, your buys and tries are pretty well fatigued at the end. Yeah. And you definitely have gotten all the muscle, major muscle groups of the upper body, uh, involved. Um, so I'll, that's how I start people off. I start them off with the, you know, simple compound upper body. And then we stick with that for quite some time, probably, uh, probably about 20 sessions before they really, I found that it takes about 12 to 15 sessions before people start to understand, uh, the form I'm looking for and also the intensity I'm looking for. Um, but I don't want them to get bored with it. So then uh, around 20 sessions, I'll throw, I'll, I'll change it up for them. So now what I'll do with them is that we'll do all, all single joint exercises. So now this is when I'll throw in the, the hip extension, because honestly, that's the hardest exercise I have people, um, doing that, that to learn. So, uh, the hip extension, then I still do add an abduction, leg extension, leg curl. That's the lower body. And then the upper body, I'll do uh, the Nautilus pullover, mm-hmm. uh, a 10 degree chest, um, uh, posterior deltoid, a lateral raise, and then that's when I'll throw in the buys and tries. So now we're teaching them all the single joint exercises. And again, um, it's a progression of learning. So we've learned the compound movements. Now we're learning the isolation exercises, which then sets us up for any, any, pretty much any routine you want to throw at them. Once they learn those basic things, now you can do lots of pre-exhaust things, post-exhaust, you know, and mix things up with them. 
Yeah. So what, in terms of if a person's setting up their own program and they, you know, if they learn the, if they're learning those basic mo- movements, those basic motions, what kind of repetitions and set patterns do you recommend? Well, I prescribe to the one set. Um, if you can do one set to, um, you know, to momentary muscular failure or what I like to call maximum effort, um, you don't need to do more than one set, but that takes time to learn that. So basically, you know, we're trying to stimu- uh, put a stimulus on the body for it to change. And you can do that in, you know, in one set. So if you can work that hard, you know, we're, I, I, you know, I, I prescribe to, you know, eight to 12 reps or 50 to 70 seconds under load. Um, if you're going a little longer than that, it's not going to hurt you. Um, and then, uh, move right to the next exercise. So, you know, the whole workout, 12 or so exercises can be done in like 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say for, for most people and it's, um, learn, learning to, to push that hard, uh, right away, that one set, to to momentary muscular failure, or at least positive failure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for a lot of people, and you know, this is extremely challenging. So the, the motivating factor for a lot of people is very hard. Cause I don't think a lot of, and, and you were alluding that, you know, you're, you're teaching a person to push that, that way to teaching them to push very hard. So eventually they learn what you want to get out of them. But mm-hmm. for someone maybe who is working out by themselves and, they want to take it to that next level. They want to keep their motivation high. What are some tips or some cues maybe that you've learned uh, that other people can use? I know, I know well, it's very individual, but it's, you know, there's going to be different cues for everybody. Well, honestly, I'm no different than the average person. You know, it's sometimes hard to motivate myself to even do this stuff. So, you know, basically I, I, I try to just think of it as, you know, all I'm here for is to apply a stimulus so your body and my body has a reason to change in a positive way. So I'm going to I'm going to focus on whatever muscle group that I'm supposed to be focusing on on the exercise I'm doing and just do do what I can to put that stimulus on it. You know, some days you just have more than others, but right. you know and uh, you know it, I, I can honestly say on my worst days, I'm putting more stimulus on my body than most people put on their bodies, you know, when they go to a gym. So, you know, you, you learn how to push yourself to a point where, um, it, it, it doesn't take long to get done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's, I think a lot of people, at least when I, when I talk to somebody about working out on their own, um, most people think that unless you're increasing weight only that you're not making progress and it's hard to break into their, their mindset and say, that's not, that's not the case. Um, repetitions can vary. Your tempo can vary. The weight can definitely vary. Um, did I say time and retention? If I didn't, I, I meant yeah. to say t- time and retention also. So like all, all of these different things can be, uh, factors of, of uh, how someone can improve. And I think once you start to learn that, that can open up a variety of different motivating factors for yourself. Um, the exact same workout that you did Monday can be repeated on either Wednesday or Thursday, and you can give yourself a whole new challenge. Instead of increasing in weight, maybe I try to get one more rep on the upright chest press, for instance. 
And those little things, I think, go a really long way with motivation because you're not you're not getting you're not getting bored. Um, maybe you won't maybe you won't dread adding that five pounds onto the chest press. Maybe you'll just look forward to doing the same weight at one rep better instead of trying to get you know five more reps or um, five more pounds or something like that. So there's a lot of different ways to challenge yourself to stay motivated. I think. Uh, definitely. But I also, uh, also think of, um, the form that you're using. If your form is getting right. better and better on um, the same weight may be actually more challenging because you're being more specific with your efforts. And I think that's the missing factor in most people's workouts. Mm. You know, most people think that it's just about moving something around. And one thing I, the, I, I find that most challenging thing to teach people is we're not here to lift the weights. What we're here to do is we're here to contract or contract the muscle against resistance. Whether it moves or not is not our goal. Our, our goal is to make the muscle tired. The, the muscle getting tired is actually the stimulus for the change, not the actual work you're doing. So if you can get more efficient at making the muscle tired, you can actually end up using less weight and getting more out of it. And that's hard to, hard to teach people, but it's yeah. the, probably the most important factor to get across to new clients is that we're not here to move weight. It just happens to be the tool we're using to add resistance to your body. Yeah. I think even new clients definitely, but even ones that have been training for a while, because if we, and maybe this doesn't happen to everybody, but for instance, today I had someone who was doing, um, a specific weight on, uh, well, it was actually an upright chest press, and I I specified a range of of repetitions for them. We're going 15 to 20. Let's see let's see what you got. And they stopped right at 15 because that was like you know the minimum requirement. And as before the weight stack even rested, I I got I grabbed the handles like try for one more. I don't think I can try for one more. Well, they ended up getting two more. They got 17 reps, and. Uh, but you get some people get stuck in that that momentum of like, okay, if it's 15 reps, that's what I'm gonna do, and if it wasn't very challenging, well, that's your fault, trainer, and that's right. Well, and, that's and that's what I I try to tell people too. The, you know, the the reps are not our goal. Right. They're just they're just the recording of what you're capable of doing. So you know, you may be able to do 12 reps or 10 reps today. And next time you can do 11 and the time after that, you can only do eight. There's so many variables that right. go into every workout. You know, did you sleep well? Did you eat well? You know, are you in a bad mood? You're in a good mood. You know, um, did someone cut you off on the way in here? You know <laughs> what? All these things have a factor on your workout. So I try not to get hung up on the, the, on how much you've done, but mm. The, just the fact that you've done as much as you can yep. and then we'll record what you're capable of doing. And then over time you should see a progression in this, you know, uh, in the amount of repetitions you do and, and then pr potentially, uh, more resistance. You kind of led us right into the next topic. So I wanted to talk about, uh, things that people can do to get the most out of their workouts, whether you're working out by yourself or working out with a trainer Having a specific mindset, I think, going into the workout, and you you touched on that too, that you're there for a very specific reason. Um, and then you also mentioned, you know, the the sleep the night before, the rest. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but I, I have a lot of people who go to a lot of, you know, business dinners, who stay up late, who come in, and they just feel, 
and they're they're not feeling their best. They're not they're not pushing as hard as they can. But uh, you know, you try to get just a little bit out of them every single time. What are some things when you first start working with someone? What are some things that you tell them in order so they can get the best out of their workout um, at least eighty percent of the time? Well, first of all, I tell them every day is going to be different. Nothing, there's so many variables that we don't have control of and, and even ones we do that, you know, sometimes we don't take control of those variables are going to affect, uh, affect what you're capable of doing that day. So if you can walk out of the, out of the workout and say, I gave it everything I could and I, and that's all that you had for that day. There's nothing more you can, you can ask. So, you know, a hundred percent effort is a hundred percent effort, no matter what that hundred percent is for that day. Mm -hmm. So you can't, you can't get hung up on the numbers and the repetitions, the weights and things like that, because, you know, the variables that are uncontrolled are, are dictating what you're capable of doing as well. So, you know, the intensity has more to do with it than any other uh, you know, than the reps and so on. So keeping your mind on, I'm going to give this, whatever this is, everything I can, you're going to get the most out of it, no matter what it is. So that, that's a hard thing because people look at numbers. They, they want, they want the, the, you know, the 10 repetitions they got last time. Well, you know what? You didn't sleep well last night or you were out yeah. drinking at the party or, you know what, if you can walk out of here and say, you know, that was all I had. That's all you can ask. Yeah. Do you guys do any coaching on things like water intake, nutrition, any any kind of like uh, stress counseling or anything like that? You know, um, I'm I'm a firm believer in staying in your lane, and yeah. my lane my lane is you know applying a stimulus to the muscles for so that they have a reason to change. If they need to get some help with nutrition and things like that, I have dietitians I refer to. Yeah. And that's, that's probably 95% of, of what I do also. And I've got a little bit of wiggle room, especially with like the sleep habits at night mm -hmm. and, um, and like especially hydration habits. And when it comes to eating, that's for me, that's so specific that I, I like, you know, getting that to uh, someone else who specializes in that. But I, uh, when I first start working with somebody, I like to kind of do a deep dive, excuse me, I like to do a deep dive into um, how they spend their nights uh, especially before workouts, uh, because I, I don't know how, I don't know about you, but almost every single person that I talk to could always says that they would like to get more sleep. And that's, I mean, it, it's such, it's such a hard thing to get a hold of, especially when the average person probably doesn't get home from work until seven. If they have kids, they're not eating till eight o'clock. Maybe they're not getting in bed until 10 or 11. Um, and then repeating the whole process super early the next day. So if you're lucky to get five to six hours of sleep a night, uh, but there are some definitely some things at night that I like to coach people through, and I won't dive into that on this podcast, but um, I have in others. And I feel like, for me at least, if I help somebody maybe set the stage the night before a workout, whether it's um, getting turning the TV off a half an hour earlier or making sure a water glass is already f filled with water in the fridge uh, the morning before the workout, things like that small steps like that seem to get people in that headspace of when they come in, they're like, Hey, guess what I did? You know, I, I got that extra glass of water in, or I turned the TV off, um, a half hour early last night, something like that. 
kind of gets them in a better headspace when they walk into the workout. And those variables can change all the time. And most people aren't going to hit that every single time. So I try not to harp on it. Um, but I found that to, to go a pretty long way, especially when it comes to the workout. They come in in a good mood and they're already looking forward to, to pushing hard. Occasionally you get the, the person who's like, man, I haven't had that glass of water in two weeks. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know, we can, right. just, we, can leave, we can leave that alone. And just like you said, this workout can be as good as we're going to do today. And that's totally fine. Yeah. And you know, and it's all about small changes that you can live with, you know, yeah, um, you yeah. can't, you, you can't change everything right away. And you know, it's, everything's a, a progression of learning and a progression of doing. So, you know, if you can get that extra glass of water in every day, then you can start working on the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the progression, I mean, just like that, that's part of the lifestyle of, um, of strength training is, I mean, that you're, we're trying to fit everything around the strength training. I feel like um, it almost comes secondary to everything else. But uh, you know, trying to find the appropriate level of why this is important. Why am I exercising? Why am I strength training? It's more than just a calorie burn. It's more than um, just so I can say I worked out for the day. There's some the the benefits behind it go such a long way. And and the things that we do like the rest that we take, the hydration that we take, um, you know, even just being around friends afterwards, especially ones who also share, a, not even like a over passion, like you and I share a passion for exercise. We can talk about it all day long, but someone who does a similar kind of workout, you have those kind of things in common and that can play into the factor of, of, uh, the, you know, the benefits of exercise, the benefits of strength training, all these things can kind of fall into place. Um, well, they definitely helps you, you know, get ready for your next workout. You know, if you have, have the support of friends or, or, or family or others who actually understand why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Do you, this, I should ask this at the very, very beginning. Are you guys go through a big, um, now that we're into this, this is being recorded in February, but do you guys have a, a big bump in membership or in, in training or does it stay pretty steady? Um, there's less of a bump in our, um, our client base in, yeah. you know, this time of year than the health club will say, because, you know, it's specific and the, the ticket price is higher and, you know, you got, um, you know, a health club, you know, you, you can get, you know, 10, $20 a month to, you know, 50, $60 a month, right. you know, people can make that commitment and not be really, um, sure of it yeah <laughs> we'll say you know the you know like most new year's resolution type things that are gone by march but um you know with with what we do people are more committed longer uh, for longer term i have clients that have been training for 20 years so you know that they, they're in it um and so the commitment to this is a little bit it's like buying a car or buying a bicycle it's a lot cheaper to buy a bicycle and if you don't actually ride it or whatever you're not going to feel so bad, but if you buy a car and, you know, that's a commitment, that's a, that's a big ticket price. So you, people do take a longer time making that kind of commitment, but when they do, they stick with it longer. So our, our bumps are, are, are smaller and, you know, we're more steady throughout the year. Yeah. That's exactly the same way at, at where I train also the, the, I mean, basically across the board, what you said, ticket price is higher. Uh, the commitment level's a little, little higher. 
Uh, you know, you're looking for an appointment. You're not, you don't just have a membership that you pay monthly. Who cares if you show up or not? It's a little different. There's more accountability on, mm-hmm. on our side of things, which I think is great. And a lot of people who, who maybe have trained for maybe let's say like they're into like their first year, they'll always comment, Oh, I bet you're looking forward to the, to the bump. Or maybe you're not looking forward to the bump. And I just kind of say the same thing. Oh, you know, we usually don't have that. It's usually the same, you know, 40, 45 people that we see in and out on a day to day basis, which mm-hmm. for me, for, for, I mean, I, I've been on that side of, of uh, the industry where you, you work in, in a studio like that and where not a studio, I, um, a big box gym like that, where right. all the memberships come flooding in and you know, right away, it's about dollar signs in the, in the, uh, the, at least not every single individual trainer, but just the the business side of that training, let's just sell, 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 and the relationship side goes out the window. And I think that leaves a lot of those trainers in a really bad spot come March, like you said. Yeah, and you know it it, it it's hard because you know it, it keeping that pace up is hard to do for the whole year. You know you you wanna you wanna keep your book full, but you know there's a burnout when you on on the end of the trainer. Yeah. That, yeah. And the, which, and you can see that and the client can see that also. Yeah. That comes through pretty straight away. Yeah, Dwayne. Um, so what, what else do you have on the docket for the day? What's going on? Oh, you know, uh, this is the highlight of my day. You know, getting to talk <laughs> about this getting to talk about this, right. you know, seriously, uh, you know, with someone who gets it on the other end, you know, not trying to convince someone to to do another rep or two or, or, or keep the form they're looking for, you know, I'm looking for, you know, someone who gets it and you can just talk about it and, and give that information to others who are listening, uh, to the podcast. No, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I hope the rest of your day stays like just as high as you feel right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we got, so you mentioned, uh, earlier the, the spring weather and it's in February. So we're having, um, just so when people start looking back at this, it's, two, it's 2019, and today in Cincinnati, February, we had a, a 61 degrees today. It's February 6th right now when this is being recorded. So that's like unprecedented, but it's raining, so that means I can't get outside and take my daughter on her walk or go on the walk with the dog and, and, and wife and family and everything. But um, but I always love talking shop. Dwayne, this is, this is always a blast. I'm glad we've kept in touch since the first podcast, and I don't think this is the, the last time that we'll, we'll hear from you. No, I'm looking forward to uh, doing it again. And I, I went back and listened to a bunch of your podcasts since last time. And there's a lot of great information out there. People should really take some time and listen to and listen to these uh, these podcasts you have out there. I appreciate it. Well, Dwayne, let's let's wrap it up on that one. If people have any questions, comments, concerns, where's the best place to get a hold of you? Uh, well, my email address is probably the best. What best place to catch me it's uh dwayne d-w-a-y-n-e at vertex fit and that's v-e-r-t-e-x-f-i-t.com so you can check out our website which is vertexfit.com website and email and i'll have both of those linked to the show notes folks dwayne again thank you so much and we'll talk to you very soon all right thank you for having me thanks for listening don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com.